podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi there, Indies and future independent agents, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar, and I just want to say thanks for tuning in and um, following this podcast over the past couple of months. We've learned so much, and um, I just owe a lot to the amazing guests that we've had on the show because we've covered everything from marketing and branding to high-volume new business sales and how to take care of your clients without losing the heartbeat of your agency, and I just want to remind you guys that this podcast is all about you and how you can transform and grow your agency in the modern market so that you're able to compete and thrive and scale and grow, but without losing who you are as an agency and the reason that you got into this industry to begin with. And one of the friends that I was speaking with recently said that insurance is the right industry. But if you find yourself waking up and just feeling stuck and not wanting to go to work anymore, you're in the right industry. You just might not be in the right vehicle. So this is just to encourage you guys and inspire you today. And if you've been listening and you feel like this podcast show has been sparking new ideas for you and just giving you that little extra every week to try something new or mull over an idea with your team, then take a moment, click click subscribe. You'd be doing me a huge favor because I'd love for you to get notifications on your cell phone as this great content comes out every Monday morning. And don't forget to reach out, send me a direct message and let me know. I want to hear from you what content you'd like us to cover on the show as we dive deeper into agencies. And that's what today's episode is all about. We're going to um, speak with a independent agency owner all about what it's like inside their agency. We're going to ask them lots of questions about their team. And guys, Patty Laris is so inspiring. She has created really an agency that um, is just making such a huge positive impact in the community. When an agency owner is successful, it has this huge ripple effect on the people around them, the people in their community, the clients they're serving, other business owners in the community and creating this this amazing career for the teammates that join that agency. And that's what we get to hear about today. So welcome to the show, Patty. How are you? Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. I'm honored and I'm excited to, excited to be here and see if we could support and uh, you know, inspire and empower other independent agents in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, tell us where you're calling from today, Patty. So I'm in the city of Warren, California. It's very nice and sunny. So this light coming in is actually natural light. (laughs) Yay. It's nice and warm. Um, Yeah. So we're in the city of Warren. Now, I meant to ask you this in our little chat before the episode, but I keep seeing pictures of a really cute puppy on your Facebook page. So tell me about your puppy. (laughs) She's actually here today. I just, (laughs) I took her outside the office. I'm like, she's going to, you know, she starts to bark. But um, yeah, so her name is Rory. Uh, She is a King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. (laughs) So it's so funny that you say that because I've, I I had some spaniel breeds pop up on like my Facebook feed. And I think Kate Middleton's brother, like the princess in England, like her brother breeds um, English cogger spaniels and our kids are wanting a dog. So I'm doing all the research and looking into everything. And they're just like the cutest puppies ever. So, okay. Well, I have a cocker spaniel and she is the most faithful dog ever. Uh She will not trade me for anyone in the world. Doesn't matter what they're doing. But I have to say, like Cavalier King Charles, they are the sweetest. They love you. I mean, they really use them a lot for therapy. So if you're thinking about your kids, they are full of joy. Yeah. So that's the one to go with it. <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening who are not in, in the insurance world yet, one of the cool things 
things about having an agency is that from time to time you can take your kids to work. And sometimes yes. that's the puppies. <laughs> yes, I have my puppy here. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your team and your agency. Um, well, uh, our agency has been around now for 20 years. In fact, this year we are, you know, going on to 21 years. Uh, we started from scratch. Yeah. So it was just me, myself and I. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And our team now consists of a total of 13 people, including myself. And, you know, we have from our customer service department, our director of welcome and our dedicated sales and marketing. <laughs> That's so awesome. And yes. Starting from scratch 21 years ago, that's that's no easy task. I definitely want to hear a little bit more about that. But um, there's there's something really special about a scratch agency and the how you get to know those clients over that period of time, too. Absolutely. I think to this day, I can name so many different names. So the original clients is like, I just talked to someone, in fact, yesterday, and he's like, Patty, you don't remember me. I see you all over social media and all these things. I'm all, oh, and his name is Jose. I say, Jose, I absolutely remember you. And your and your wife's name is Jose. Of course, I mean, I have the management system and I can see, but I remember them. <laughs> yes. And I, I think that's really special that he got to hear you say that because most of our clients probably do think that we don't remember them, but I mean, they know them so much <laughs> right? because we wouldn't be here where we are without our clients. And absolutely. So how long did it take you to get to the point where you could have a team of 13 people? Because you probably, you said you'd opened up day one with just yourself, right? So that's been a yes. process. It has been a process. Uh, I've been, you know, very blessed, worked really hard. I would say uh, after eight months, I hire my very first teammate. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then a couple months after that, we hire the second person to come in. And I would say within a couple of years, there was a total of four or five of us. Mm -hmm. And then um, I would say by year 10, then you could say, you know, it just started escalating to 10, 11, mm -hmm. you know, 12. We ended up with 13. We have... Um, Someone now dedicated to our marketing department that helps me with the social media and all those great ideas that we gather from all you know other agency owners that come up with all these great ideas. And I'm like, I need help implementing. So yeah. Is the marketing department a newer development for your team? Is that something you've added on in the recent years? Or have you always had one? Well, and here again, I call it the marketing department, but I really uh, my daughter and my sister take care of it and they don't, they tell me, Patty, this isn't marketing, you know, I should be out and about and getting clients and you have us like doing all these things here, <laughs> but, but they do get to do that sometimes. Um, it, it was developed, it started in 2015. Okay. And, and I, yeah, I think that's a huge area of opportunity for agencies right now where, even five, six, seven years ago, having a marketing department really just wasn't at the top of the list for agency owners. It didn't mean we weren't our marketing, but maybe it was more like a process for mailers or a process for buying leads. And it wasn't about how heavy the uh, social media presence was or showing up in SEO rankings and video content or what have you. And um, that's definitely exploded in, in recent years. And in 2020 more than ever. So I, I do see agencies um, adding on roles around that topic more, more often now than I think what we saw in the past. And I think it's so important to have someone on the team who can, um, who kind of has that as their niche because the agency owner is already wearing so many hats. So you, you want to be involved in the marketing because you want it to align with your message and make sure it's on brand and that it, you're sending that, um, that you're getting your message out because you really can't delegate that message to someone else. You, you, you have to still be right. involved in it, but some people just seem to be, uh, to have the Midas touch with social media. <laughs> so if yeah, you, you got people, it takes you far. You got to be very involved. And what I've learned and I've developed with, you know, learning through the years is that the way I split that department is this way. Three. It's the power of threes, right? So whatever we're doing 
um, in social media for to to um, send a message to the clients, to our clients. The same message then it needs to be then it's community. So we split it into client, community, and team. So we are like getting the team involved to get them motivated, to get them excited about the same things we are posting on social media. We have some sort of contest going on internally with the team. We create little, you know, flyers, colorful flyers with what they're going to do. Um, Normally, when I start a new promotion, uh, they get, you know, a little gift on their desk because it all starts in it, it all starts at home. And so if they get involved and they get excited about it and they're able to share with the clients and then the, the, you know, marketing will just make sure that they're posting in social media. So then, then we have all the other social proof. I think that's a, a really practical tip that, that we could all implement is having some themes for the social mm-hmm. media pages and clients, community, and team is a great place to start because the, that's where we spend most of our time. And Absolutely. The majority of our message is going to center. So, uh, so what would be some examples of things that would be like, when you think about your agency, what's something that would be on brand for your agency message and something that would be off brand for your agency message? Well, like for example, on brand, it's coming on right. Uh, March. Mm-hmm. I, uh, sharing before we started recording a little bit, how it's been, you know, recently we're just trying to uh, work so hard to just keep the business that we have, right? And so what we're doing for March, for example, it's uh, St. Patrick's. So we have put together these little packages with gold coins, they're chocolates, you know, with a flyer and a message to the team. And um, we're doing, you know, this is your lucky month and like all these little things. And so for our clients, we have a referral rewards program and for every referral that we get, we they get a $15 gift card and a $10, $10 donation for the charity of the quarter. But in addition, they get entered into our grand prize at the end of the year that we give away $1,021 this year. Cash. How much was that again? $1,021 this year. And you gave <laughs> that away to a client. We gave that away, uh, yeah, just last month. Wow. So yeah. So tell us how they responded. What's it like for a client to show up and get surprised with $1,021? Well, that's amazing, right? But just really quick to finish that thought is that we are going to um, put in social media and to send to all of our clients that during the month of March, their name gets entered twice. Yeah, because it's a lucky month. So they get entered twice. And in social media, you'll see some clips of the last year's winner, which was just recently given to him. And so we're going to be, you know, showing the clip of him receiving me giving him $1,020 cash in his hand. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, yeah, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, they don't have to report anything, right? I don't. (laughs) I mean, it's not a, it's not tax deduction for me, but we'll figure it out. You know, that's something to figure out later, but it's fun. Yeah. It gets the team excited. It gets the client excited and the clients at this time. He's like, I didn't think it was real. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, it's very real. <laughs> Sounds too good to be true. I mean, that's just yeah. another level of giving back. So what does that do for your team's mindset? What are some of the things that they tell you? about these promotions that you're doing in the office, things like March is your lucky month. Have you seen that make a difference for them? Uh, Oh, absolutely. Yes. And uh, you know what it does for the team? I feel it takes a little bit of time, right? You have, all of us have different personalities. Some people, they're just, that's, you know, their nature to just give and just be out and give themselves in different ways. And for some, they're a little more reserved what I've seen my entire team over and over is, oh, when are we doing the next promotion? Oh, what are we going to do? And so you're getting them involved and getting excited to learn to giving back doesn't mean it's just money, mm-hmm. but you can give back with your knowledge. You can give back and supporting other organizations within your community. And so it really has 
what it has done for my team, honestly, is a conversation, a topic to speak to our clients about. You know, did you know that we have this referral rewards program? Like this year, it's uh, creating connection. And creating connection, you know, it can be anything. And we narrow it down to four organizations now. And so it's so much easier to, to talk to a client about and what we do. And so they get excited about it. And every, I still have not run into someone that says, I don't want to help someone. Right. <laughs> like everyone is like willing to help and, you know, help. They just don't know how. And, you know, one of my mentors says, people are silently waiting to be led. So lead them. That's it. Let's just lead them. <laughs> That's so awesome. So um, you, you mentioned your team is at 12, 13 people right now. Mm -hmm. Have you found that to be a sweet spot or are you planning to grow and add on to those positions? Oh, a sweet spot would be four. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Reality you <know>. check. <laughs> Reality check. Let's just not get super excited about this. However, here's here's how what you could do. So the you know at this point four right is not the power of three but more of four. But you get a leader for each department. So even if you go to twelve or sixteen. You know, how many, let's say that in your sales department, you can have four, then you have one leader that can lead your sales department. That's perfect. Then if you have your customer service department, then you can have four and a leader there. And then you could have, you know, your directors of welcome. And so there, I'm, I've learned to break them down. So it's just not so overwhelming. It makes such a huge difference to streamline those roles. Everyone can focus on an area that lines up with their natural talents and abilities. And um, it just, it helps everything flow so much more smoothly than the phone ringing. And if it rings, it's like, who's going to pick it up? And yeah. um, the salesperson and, and the service person have, you know, those different skill sets and different goals, different KPIs. And so I think it, it's really smart to segment those things. Um, did, did you always have them segmented that clearly or is that something you had to build over time? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. You have to build that over time. You know, when you first start out, it's just like just excitement to get going, being independent, you know, freedom, if you will, and not so much really freedom. But heck, you know, I've never worked so hard and enjoyed it so much <laughs> than, you know, when I started working for myself. That's so good. It's so true. And I, you know, I can't even count how many hours we put into our agencies over the years, but it's so fun and I wouldn't trade it. I would not trade it for the world. We've, we've learned so much, you know, our teams are learning and growing, but I'm learning about everything from technology and social media this year to online content and communi communication styles and all kinds of things that yeah. were on my radar even a few years back. So yeah, I mean, you know, I and so to me, when I hear, I love if any agent out there has not, you know, taken that step of stepping into like more of social media or just automation um, or learning more of the new technology that's out there, you know, it brings so much opportunity for growth. And if they're not, you know, whatever's holding them back, my gosh, call me because I, in fact, spoke with someone just a couple of days ago who can't even take vacation because there's two family members in their agency mm. and um, they want to do a, a trip together, but they have no one that can take care of their business. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I, I volunteered to send one of mine to her, their office so that they could take a wow. week vacation. It, that's, that was so thoughtful to, and, you know, I think that agents coming together and helping each other through those type spots really goes a long way because we hear a lot of, um, we hear a lot of advice about how, like, you know, you should be time blocking. You need to have time for yourself. You need to have time for golf. You need to have this work-life balance, but if you're just not there yet, sometimes you just need a leg up and you just have to get through that, that next season of growth, those growing pains are not easy. And being an entrepreneur means putting in a lot of time and blood, sweat, and tears up front. Um, so when it came to thinking through, okay, I'm going to start, um, 
trying a little bit of a different blueprint for the agency. And I'm going to have a sales department and a service department, and there's going to be leaders over these different departments. Um, can you walk us through that process a little bit? Because um, we have people listening who are new to insurance that are going to be opening up their agencies soon. And they're trying to absorb as much as they can and be thinking ahead. So what needs to happen before you end up in a spot where you have too many leaders, too many managers, too many people that aren't selling and servicing, um, but, but still have the right hierarchy built out? That's a really great question. So I'm just going to focus on answering your question and not necessarily what I did. But if I had to do it over again uh, and being as clear as I am today from what I know today, because, you know, there's so much to learn. But I would say for my first hire, if I'm the, I'm the salesperson in my organization, I would hire my first um, customer uh, representative, customer service representative. And I would be very clear on their roles, which is really servicing, you know, retaining what it means about a renewal, what you do when you take a call, when someone has to change a car or driver, you're just learning to cross sell, learning to up, you know, just really evaluate the client, the file. And I would just focus there. If I continue to write myself and I feel like, okay, I got this, I now need someone else to support me in the sales department, I will clearly hire a dedicated salesperson, you know, and, and your department can be one person in each, mm -hmm. but be clear in, you know, their roles. Um, and if, you know, we start to grow because now we have two sales, you know, myself and another salesperson. Um, and so we need to hire maybe uh, a, what I call a director of welcome, mm -hmm you know, to support that dedicated customer service rep, that account manager that now has learned to really manage the accounts. Well, she gets a little, or he gets a little more support in the answering of the phone and, you know, learning to start taking data. So once you start, like even with one person in each area, and now you say, okay, so I built it, you know, big enough. I now want the world to know about me, you know, whatever, at least your community to know. I'm going to bring in, you know, a part-time, you know, a part-time, um, for lack of better words, my marketing rep, right? And I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going to share what I see that I want, you know, my community to see about our agency. What makes us unique? Why are we different? And then have that person support you in getting that message out, you know, in your branding and your messaging where you're posting and social media, they get to they get to see you, your culture, your culture that you're creating within your agency. And then after that, once you have that formula done, all you have to do is add, you know, to each department. And by the way, because you hire your very first customer service and you feel so um, loyal to this person because obviously they they started with you and, and they're supporting you and continuing to build your agency um not no uh disrespect but they may not have the quality or the qualification that it takes for a leader within a department so it may be that they were your first one in your customer service department but they may not be the one that's going to get to lead the rest of your hires I learned that the, you know, mm. hard way. Right. Because that seniority and that tenure is so valuable to the agency, but it might be just a completely different skill set, personality, um, and, and background experience in job duty. When you're yeah. overseeing a few different customer service representatives within a department, you might be looking at um, retention stats and how you're going to move the needle on that or gauging the customer service satisfaction levels or no, net promoter score, and then trying to come up with a plan for how you're going to move the needle. And that's a different um, skill set than someone whose job is to build that relationship and nurture that client, round out the account, provide good advice. And there's definitely some overlap there. But I found that when it comes to that customer service manager role, that there's definitely a level of 
analyzing data, being able to run a report and read it and understand what it's forecasting, and then being able to help come up with a plan around, okay, what are we going to do with this to to tweak those numbers a little bit. And the cool thing about retention is that (laughs) you may only have to move the needle a a half a percent or a percent or a few percentages to see a really, a really big difference, but. um, Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. So how does your, how does your customer service team feel about cross sales and upsells and rounding out accounts? Like if, if you, if, if we were a fly on the wall, like what would they? <laughs> oh, they love it. <laughs> uh, it takes time. It, I, I would say that, um, you know, it's a constant, as a leader of the organization, you must constantly, constantly be speaking about it. Um, but more than that, more than that, showing them the value and focusing out the value is what's the value for the client? What's the value? Because it's not about me. It's about you. And so if you're constantly speaking that way and showing up that way, because, you know, we can say all we want and tell our team to do certain things, but if we're not showing up that way, they're not going to do it either. Um, my team, I have to say, again, a lot of it, maybe this is what I did, but a lot of promotion, uh, lots of little promotions, because I've learned that, again, what plays in people's favorite radio station is what's in it for me. <laughs> and so if there's something in it for them, and, and they are givers, so it's like, what's in it for the client? And I, I paint that picture. Imagine, you know, how in the event of a loss, what that would mean to that client if we're not constantly reviewing and upgrading, um, cross-selling, you know. Um, so we have a scorecard that specifically this year was built and it, it, it focuses in the upgrade, um, the cross-sell. It focuses on the, um, the review, what's, what the difference between a successful re, uh, review and an attempt. Mm-hmm. And so there's keys, right? To like, this is an attempt, this is an, a success. Um, and I think it just takes time for it to continue to just round and round. And, you know, uh, when I share uh, numbers now, I say, here's what we have. Our average is, you know, uh, 1.7 per uh, uh, per customer. Well, I mean, next year, don't we want to hit 1.8, you know, or whatever? I mean, the goal would be to get to, God, you know, 2.5 policies per customer, right? But I think teaching them what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of sharing the information. So I think that that has been impactful for my team to really understand what that means. Mm-hmm. That helps give them a sense of ownership when they understand the bigger picture. Be- yes. And- Let's be real. 1.8. That that's a, you know, 
murky enough number for the rest of us to have to <laughs> unpack, but it's, it's a really crucial part of an agency's health or wellness check. And, Absolutely. um, 2.5 is certainly a lofty goal to be able to get to on an average basis, but every, every single client they get to, to a two or a three is a win. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they're helping set someone up for success in the future because we just don't know what's around the corner. And this phone call, this moment that we're on the conversation with the client now, this is our chance to try to stick a bandaid on things that need a bandaid and, and fix things right. before they break later. And, right. um, it, it can feel a little awkward. I think having a cross sale or upsell conversation for someone who's new to it, for someone who's a CSR, for someone who doesn't want to feel pushy. But one thing that's more awkward than that is having to tell someone that their claim isn't covered because they didn't have a coverage that would have kicked in in this situation. So it's definitely a coaching process. It's definitely a coaching process. That's why when we have for us, our director of welcome, how they start learning how to do this is um, the referral rewards program. So their scorecard looks a little bit different. Because they're, you know, they're assisting people with basic things, but they get to learn to ask about a Google review and send them a link to give us a a review on that. You know, what more can we do for you? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're great. Thank you. Oh, well, do you mind helping me? So it's always like, what can I do for you? And then can you do this for me, basically? Mm -hmm. And so our, you know, they start to learn how to ask for more or give more information once they get to the seat of, you know, an account manager, you know, they're, you know, they're pretty trained to ask for more or give more information. And I love that you have your, your customer service department um, segmented a little bit because you have people that are working with new accounts and new clients that just came on board to the agency to welcome them and make sure that they're having that, that wow moment, checking in, making sure everything is okay. And then you also have people that are working those renewals, the clients who have been with you for a while and have made it through that onboarding process. And um, when a client switches over to the agency, that first 90 days is actually pretty rocky from a statistical standpoint because their other agent is probably trying to win them back. (laughs) And they may have a telematics discount that falls off or a home inspection that comes back. And there's things that can go wrong in that, in that first 90 days. So absolutely. So it sounds like you found that to be a win. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to get out there. And and I know a lot of people don't believe in it. I I don't know. I just loved, I love shiny objects. So, and I like surprises. So I like to send, <laughs> you know, these little welcome kits with the shiny, you know, envelopes or, and things like that. Just something that makes us different. And even with this conversations, I've talked to so many friends in the industry. I'm like, Patty stop doing that. That's such a waste of money or such a waste of this. And I'm like, you're not doing it anymore. No, perfect. Thanks for the hint. No. Thanks. <laughs> well, a little special touch. Well, what about the producers and the new business side of things? When you're, when you're interviewing a producer, what are some of the things that you're looking for? That's a clue that would tell you whether or not this person might be the right fit for your, that role in your agency. Well, I have to be very transparent to you right now because I cannot say for the first time this year is that I've been targeting specifically producers. I didn't know the difference. So, hey, for those of you that are out there, there's hope. (laughs) It's taken me this many years. (laughs) Um, I think the current two quote unquote dedicated sales, because I believe there's a difference between inside sales and producers. Okay. Um, my people are sell are inside sales because they were produced, they were developed within the agency mm-hmm. and they've been coached and guided and they've taken training in how to become a dedicated sales. Um, I tried, you know, I gave the opportunity to several people and some said, no, Patty, I'd rather like just be chill and do customer service <laughs> and I'll still sell when I have that opportunity. You know, so this last year and this year we've been practicing on like, great, ask for the cross sale, but give it to the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Ask for the cross sale, but give it to the sales. Yes. So that, that those are my inside sales. Um, what I found, the trades that I found within them is that um, they're competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any of the other little, you know, even within our, you know, the um, 
competitions that we have here or the not competition that's the wrong word but um can't think of it but contest a contest yeah yeah yeah, like yeah like a promotional contest that we have within the agency you'd see the people within your team who always end up you know winning or leading or they're like i want to say my inside sales uh one of them money does not motivate her <laughs> winning motivates her <laughs> <laughs> and so she's learned now that oh i can also make more money by doing this um to look for a producer what i have found now is that it needs to be someone that can um regulate themselves like they just they have these you know goal setters like people that set their own goals um they do have you know dreams and they decide to get to a certain point they don't need someone that's constantly motivating them or inspiring them they're finding that themselves like they know who they are they know what they want in life and uh money is a motivator for a producer um but that's simply because they enjoy a lot of other things in life and so they you know they want to be able to take a vacation they want to go play and well you know uh, selling supports that it does and it gives you that opportunity to influence your own paycheck exactly you see it reflected every you know every month or every couple of weeks when you get that paycheck you see it that hard work coming to fruition and i think it's a challenge too for producers because there is that those ups and those downs and i i don't think it's easy to be an a licensed insurance sales professional because you could have a rock star month it could be your best record breaking month ever and on the first of the next month you're back to zero and you have to climb that mountain again and i think that takes a, a mental fortitude and a resilience to just rinse and repeat every 30 days i don't think that's easy it's not easy and in fact this year uh next month uh we have oh, march 20th we have um uh, one of our clients who does financial planning uh, i'm setting up a series of um just a few of our clients just kind of inviting them back and having them kind of coach our team and how you know life insurance how to I guess I sell it right and I know about all these things but it's it's nicer and I think they may listen a little bit better learning it from someone else mm -hmm. but about financial planning and how to plan to purchase the property and you know how to save and I think those things are very very important particularly again with that my team can earn commission whether they're in customer service or not ourselves mm -hmm. um but learning what to do with that extra income mm. you know that's a a huge opportunity to step into um a mentorship role by giving our teams opportunities to grow personally and not just professionally and the healthier they are outside of work the happier they are outside of work the more secure that they feel in their finances outside of work the more confident and motivated they'll be when they step inside the office every morning and they have that list of clients in front of them that they need to call or that list of internet leads that they need to work and um it'll it it goes a long way really but for the sales and the service side being able to provide that additional little extra whether it's um books that you're reading together which i know you guys have a really great program for we should talk to you about <laughs> and then having industry experts to come in and teach them things about real estate or saving or paying off a credit card and those are the things that i i kind of wish that i had worked in an environment like that when i was starting out my career um yeah. because i know i would have been that sponge that would have soaked it all up and so <laughs> i think you're you're really uniquely positioned to be able to pass those things along and pay it forward yeah i i mean i i would hope so right because i feel that my team if i can bring all that to them then imagine also what they can give back to those clients that they're they're serving you know because a lot of the times when clients call you and you're talking about homeowners or you're talking about an umbrella You know, most of these clients have life experience they, because they either in a very good uh financial position or they're educated. And so if our team is not understanding what it takes to 
be able to position yourself to be there. Um, sometimes it's, a, you know, you're selling a product that you haven't experienced yourself. And so being able to understand what it takes, what it took for that client, then maybe as you're having a conversation, one, you may have a little more empathy and say, yes, I want to support you protecting what you've worked so hard for. Mm-hmm. And it's a progression. It's not easy. It's hard. I Most of the team that I have currently, obviously, I they started from, you know, just doing mail and stamping back in the day and you know, a lot of those things and they've come a long way. So it, it takes time to really season an agent or an account manager. What are some of the things that you've found keep a, that keep a, like a licensed insurance professional from taking that step into looking at insurance as a career and part of their identity? Like, what are some of the things that make it hard for insurance professionals to embrace it as a career instead of just a job not understanding really what we are doing mm-hmm. i feel that um, initially most people that come to work at an insurance if it's a receptionist or customer service what's customer service right like at mcdonald's or anything like that so coming in it's just a job it's just mm-hmm. you know something to get income and pay bills and things like that but once they're in I feel that for us as leaders is to really coach and teach them uh, what it means. I mean, I know there's some products out there that will train about insurance and what it means, but I've seen some product where, you know, just explaining how different, uh, like the millennials work or how, how the mentality, how people work. That's great. And also how about, um, I don't know, just breaking down a policy coverage, breaking down, giving examples, life examples. They got to understand that their position is so important and so key, so critical. So like, to me, this is one of the best careers ever. I mean, yes, you know, it's kind of sad. Honestly, I I say it all the time too, but most of us say, oh yeah, I landed in insurance by accident. And, right. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, for those of us that, yes, no one else was an in insurance. But once we discover what insurance meant for people, because we understand clearly what health insurance does. I mean, if I get sick, you know, it pays for me to go to a doctor. If I get sick and need surgery and, you know, so doing the same thing. When someone has an accident and they don't have enough coverage and they work very hard for 20 years to buy a house and someone can just come and take it away, you know? And so I think when you understand that, um, it becomes a career. (laughs) And it's, and and it also not only, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. And it it is such an amazing career. I feel so blessed that I did stumble onto it by accident and it makes me, Mm-hmm. really motivated to try to help trailblaze a path where like one day women won't just be like randomly stumbling into insurance by accident because they were one of the lucky ones that happened to have a friend that told them about, <laughs> I want to change that narrative. <laughs> so much more commonplace for someone to pursue this career earlier on because how of how life-changing it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you, what you were just saying, uh, I remember years ago, I was talking to someone and they said, you know why uh, women fall into working in the insurance industry? And I'm like, I mean, no, why? I mean, what, what is it, right? What's the, and because they're, um, um, they're caretakers, like they, they're so loving. And so that's why for a long time, it appeared that, you know, Men would be uh, primarily the owner of an agency, and then they would their staff was mainly women because they care because they took care of their clients, and in a more loving and kind way. And I think of it, yeah, I think that 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 part of it is that. But now imagine doing much more than that. We're not just caretakers or loving and kind. I mean, we're all those things, and. We're, you know, we're business women. We, we, we can understand a lot of the things that are happening, but not only that, we, 
we care enough to take care of people's assets. And we can, because of it, obviously the income that comes with it, it uh, allows us to do so much more in our life too. It does. And Patty, if you were talking to someone who was debating if they were going to go into insurance and follow this path or try a different industry, what are some of the things you would share with them about why you love it so much as a career? Like, what has it done for you that's made you stay in it so long and (laughs) such a big fan of it after, after all of these years? Gosh, it has provided so much. Um, for example, just freedom, freedom to, even though I work many hours, my kids, I cannot tell you, I went to their games, even if I was sweating, getting there and then finishing up a game, coming back. So it gave me freedom to see my kids, um, do the activity that they wanted to do. Uh, it gave me, um, financially supported my children to have, uh, to be in a, in a, in a school that I dreamed of being in, you know, higher education for my kids, being able to just take them to um, different museums and travel, you know, it has, it has done so much for our, for personally, for my family and providing a different experience of life than what I had growing up. It has extended to my siblings and my my mom. My mom lives with me now and just being able to have a caregiver for her at home, you know, and not only that, truly my own team, the ex, you know, the extension that it has um, really able to provide additional, you know, like higher education and support some of their dreams and then our community like being able to give back to our community and gosh, you know, a meal or a blanket or a backpack or just really encouraging kids, you know, kids to read and not only just to do well for themselves, but to do well for themselves because they get to come back and give it back to other people. And so it's so much like, how can that, you know, not love it. I've seen my client, I've seen clients get into so much trouble because of a car accident. And my gosh, you know, to be able to say, yep, your umbrella is going to pay a million dollars. And here's the other, you know, um, I had a client that literally, we had this conversation on Monday. He said, Patty, I love insurance so much. Give me a $5 million umbrella. It was the funniest thing. I said, can I get you a video? (laughs) But you know what happened when his daughter was 16, we talked to him about an umbrella and this was the reason for it. Daughter's way gone and he was involved in an accident that he was not at fault. But I'll spare you the story. Our policy paid out 1.2 million. Wow. So he's a fan of insurance today. Oh, thank goodness. That, that is huge. And it's, it is scary, the things that can happen and we want to be there and with the right, with the right coverage in place so that we can have good news to deliver and take some stress away. And that must've been a, a, I think saying some stress is probably underestimating what that guy was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Especially when, you know, he, he worked very hard and owns about 10 properties. So that can be scary. Uh, it is scary. And I, I love what you said about a client saying, Patty, I love insurance because <laughs> that's my goal. I'd love to see the day where, you know, are growing up saying that their career aspiration is to be an insurance agent. <laughs> Clients are saying things like we love insurance. And that's what I love about your agency and what you and your team are doing, Patty, because you're changing the narrative and the story about like who can be an insurance agent, why you should be an insurance agent, how you can help people, what it means for your life and for your family and the people that you care about. And so thanks for being such a positive influence on the industry and helping people plant their feet in this amazing career. That's done so much for, for you and for myself and so many other people that we know. And, um, I think we can all just learn so much about, um, the potential in insurance is huge because we have this unlimited income earning potential. We could take it through so many different verticals and commercial or personal or life and health. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's all of these avenues, but we also have this 
just this unicorn opportunity to change so many lives. So um, it's just really inspiring to hear a little bit of your story. I know we probably just scratched the surface of what you guys are doing. So um, before we sign off, Patty, is there anything that you want to add or anything else you want to share about um, just um, things that you've learned with our audience or any advice you'd share? Um, well, thank you for having me. I hope that this really inspires or just really solidifies for some people that may be doubting to go in. Don't be afraid. Um, you have honestly nothing, nothing to lose, but everything to, to gain. Because if today you don't have your own agency, you haven't started, you don't have it anyway. So there's nothing to lose other than to, you know, to take that action and, and move forward. Um, in this industry, we're so blessed because there's so many of us that are willing to support. So um, I would just say, um, don't let your dream die. Just don't let it die. Um, do whatever it takes. Because I tell you what, you... Everyone has already been, um, you've already been given what it takes. The gift is within you. You just have to let it just unleash. That's so inspiring. And Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you for encouraging me and all of the people listening and giving us that extra spark of motivation today. And uh, agents, I know that you have this entrepreneurial spirit inside of you already, um, but sometimes just like coming alongside each other and brainstorming, getting ideas, hearing what's working for other people can make such a big difference. So Patty, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show and share with all of us. I loved so much what you said about, I've never worked so hard, but I've never loved it so much. And (laughs) something I know I can identify with. And um, so thanks for being a positive influence in the insurance industry Mm -hmm. and giving us all some really, um, some really great tips about things we can do to just help boost our agency to the next level as we keep working through our goals this year. Well, thank you so much. Um, You know, thank you for having me. Hope this helps. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, agents. This is Caitlin Agar and Patty Lara signing off until next time. Have a wonderful week. Bye.